Hello and welcome to Up To and Including Death. It's a Georgia edition. Kind of. Kind of. Oh, what's that sound? Whistling <laughs> Dixie? Oh my god. It is my brother Steve. Say hi to the crew, Steve. Hello, everybody. Um, Steven is here with me, and John is all the way in beautiful, snowy Michigan. No one has ever called it beautiful. I do. Yeah. How was the, the temperature like today, John? Uh, it was fairly warm. It was high, mid to high 30s. Mid to high 30s. <laughs> it's warm. in like... Mom gave me this sweater today, oh, and it's a beautiful sweater, but it's because like, it's like in the 60s today, right? So it's yeah. just like a kind of like... I, I'm wearing a sleeveless shirt, you know? Um, and like, it's so funny cause like this would be a really nice house coat for our house, but this is very warm for everywhere else in Georgia. I don't even have clothing. No, you didn't have clothing to be in Michigan in June. No, I, <laughs> in June. Well, in my defense, I think the temperature dropped to like 45 degrees it in did. under five seconds. It was quite a fun thing. You know, it's funny. So the other day, I think it's November 10th is the anniversary of the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Is that true, John? Uh, sounds right. Yeah, so basically I was at um, the kids' school doing parent-teacher conference while John was sleeping the day away because he works nice and had to sleep. And so I was at these parent-teacher conferences, and I was with uh, our eldest child's local history teacher. Oh. And it was it's, a, it's an awesome class, and he talks about it all the time. Never says a word in class, apparently. But, you know, he's doing yeah. well because yeah. he loves the class, you know. And he, the teacher had mentioned it was the, the, the day of the, of the Ed, wreck of the Edmunds Fitzgerald. And the day was actually a lot like today in, in Savannah. It was in like the 50s, but like right. it was nice. It was clear. This was like a few days, like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And it was clear, it was, or last week. And it was clear, it's beautiful, and like no, no winds, no clouds in the sky, blue skies. And I was like, man, it's hard to believe that in November it was so bad. But then I, that this like, this, ship sank and it's like a famously sank and killing yeah. all everyone on board near where we live and then the next day it was like a gale going through the winds were like what was it like 60 70 mile an hour winds john yeah and like it was, it was cold it was like you know it dropped like 30 degrees it was it was the clouds in the sky rain like frozen rain and i'm like oh yeah a that's why lovely place you live that's probably well steve steven <laughs> I think that we live in a, like we're from a place that has different types of dangerous weather. God's country. God's country, where you can only unless, go outside. Unless you're in uh, August, then it's the devil's country. We decided to visit down here when we recorded last. It was August, and it was the devil's country. I don't and know. that was cold. It was cool. It was actually a pretty cool day, and my children melted yeah. like little snowflakes. Soft. <laughs> well, I think that all my nieces and nephews and brothers would be pretty soft if they showed up to the UP in it well, right I now. Went through boot camp. Oh yeah, you went through boot camp. Boot camp in in Chicago. From November to it was wasn't in Chicago. It was uh, Great it was, Lakes, Illinois. Oh, which, it, okay. So Great Lakes, Illinois sits right on Lake Michigan. Mm, mm. And um. A beautiful lake, not and as good as Superior, but I it's okay. I walked across Europe in February. Yeah, and how did that go for your pneumonia? Almost died of pneumonia. Yes. Yeah, it was yes. coughing blood. Yeah. And that's yeah. how I remember Austria. Yep. Well, that's how a lot of people remember Austria. <laughs> <laughs> like beautiful flowers on yeah. a napkin. That that portion of the world, for a good part of its history, knows it by red flowers. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, John. Yes. Do you miss me terribly? Yeah. It's a trick question, bro. It is. It was a trap. It was a trap. But um, I'm, I am very happy to be here today because it's our first attempt to do this phone call Skype slash Audacity situation with the podcast. And could there been have more research? Perhaps. I'm sure there's like a super stupid easy way to do it. Did John already look it up and I decided not to do it? Also, yes. Um, yeah, it's something about audio inputs and outputs, but for some reason I'm the one that does the recording. And so what I really need to do is I just want there to be like a, a video, like a, like one of those, what is those, like you can watch um, a, a MOOC? What master are they called? Class. A masterclass master on just podcasting. You know, on how, to, not just podcasting and be, giving good content, just on the ins and outs of how to be a, a recorder person. Which brings us to our first sponsor, Knowledge Hub. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, I think that if anyone does want to create such a class and then pay me to do it by giving me a free class and also free audio equipment, I'd be more than happy to. YouTube doesn't have those? You know, that is probably true. That it exists. Knowledge Hub. I'm not kidding about that. They, Knowledge Hub. We're, I mean, other. I'm, I am kidding about us. Luminosity. What about luminosity? Yeah, any that? of those um, like things. Like they have classes. I've been meaning to take for uh, sound engineering and stuff, but okay. um, I don't think they're that expensive. They're a lot cheaper than college. I think it's really funny that for some reason in our relationship, I, the deaf person. I'm in charge of the audio. I have a a theory about that. Yes. Uh, My theory is you will not let anybody else do it. Because, and I can back this up Uh from observation and experimentation. (laughs) I sat here, a man who has been doing music, uh, sound recording and engineering for over 25 years now, sat right here in this chair while you sat in that chair and wrestled with this thing and didn't even ask me a question. No. You just did research. My, and I do my, the exact my... same thing about anything else, about with everything, <laughs> too. So I know for a fact, the reason why you do the recording is you're a control freak, and you have to do it. That's fair. Because it's something else to learn, Yeah, this and is, you're a freak. I am a weirdo. This is actually one of the fun <laughs> things about our relationship, my relationship with uh, John, is that like he, you know, he does a lot of things, and he's used to doing everything. He's got all those kids, right? But like... I, when I came to the party, it took, like, when I first moved in before we were married, I kind of slowly but surely took over all of the finances except for the mortgage because I wasn't on it. You've always been good at that. Well, yeah. And also, like, if I am not knowing what the bills are and when they're coming out, it's going to make me insane. See, I'm the opposite. (laughs) Because I need to know. And so, basically, so he's like, give me your credit card debt, John. Just give it. I want it. And I'll take care. And then I was like... I'll take. I started with the um, with the uh, insurance. It was how I got my spidery hands in every single part uh, of his life, so he could never leave me. Got your toe foot in the door. Like. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's his fault. He let me in the house. Oh, I'm sure John's heartbroken. He opened the door. You invited me in. Remember that? John's like, oh no, someone's like going to be taking care of the bills now. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like vampires. You have to invite them in. But you know what? Like. Like, I cannot tell you, I think of, I thank the Lord every day that I don't have to go grocery shopping or cook. Even being in the kitchen, it's not, I like to go in the kitchen while John's cooking, but like being... Call yourself a woman. I'm a bad, I'm a bad feminist. Well, I'm a good feminist because I don't cook. I'm a bad feminist because I changed my Is that a hallmark of a 
true feminist is the inability to feed themselves. Or clean. <laughs> or clean. <laughs> oh, no. I can't survive in the wild. No. I'm trying to... It's kind of fun because it's just like... it's. I'm trying to explain to my students right now that sometimes, you know, people want to say, like, is feminism just man-hating? Is it this? It's that? And it's, oh. well, here's the thing. It's just like how in every group of people that you have, there's like the general ideals of the group, and then there's the crazy ones. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the crazy ones are louder, and they're a lot more... Well, they're more interesting. They're also a lot more interesting because yeah, they, they talk a lot more. they fit in like that weird straw man argument that everybody creates about things. Yeah, and so it the straw yeah. feminist like, does exist in the sense that there are probably man-hating people that you know want to kill every every man or whatever. Like That does exist. The inverse but of that so is true as well. The inverse yeah. of that definitely exists, and I suspect in larger numbers, um, oh, of crazy. like... <laughs> man hating man haters okay now it's John yes it is your time to shine and, oh yeah and I want to hear about what we're watching tonight we're watching the ring ooh the John original, like the one you gave me yes the original 1998 Japanese version okay when did the new when did the ring come out in the US 2000 2000 uh, 2002 yeah, 2002 yeah yeah, it came out four years later. Cool. But uh, it was directed by Hideo Nakata, based on the novel by Koji Suzuki. Mm-hmm. It starts Nanako Matsumisha, Miki Nakatina, and Hiroki Sanada. I like how there's one person in this room that knows how to like say Japanese names really well, but I chose not to say any of them. But you did a really good job. Thanks. I, uh, the trick is just yeah. to pronounce every single part of it. Somehow I sound racist when I read Japanese names. But the thing is, hammered out and why? Remember when <laughs> I came back? Do, I came back from Japan, thing? huh? Do you do the newsman thing where you try to get the dialect down too? Hola. No, that's not working. The cheese is old and moldy. So when I lived in Japan, one of the things that you could do is if you could speak English with a Japanese, the way a Japanese person speaks English, then they might be able to communicate with you because most Japanese people take English in high school. It's That's like a requirement racist. by the government. That's racist. Um, and so, but usually it's like, you know, if you can't find the word for something, you can use the English word in a Japanese accent, basically, sounding racist in America because racist people do it to like Mexican restaurants. I was just about to say, it's so amazing the, the difference. If you're over there doing this that podcast means, right now, it would be acceptable. But if yeah. you were to do it right now here... But, like, you know what, like, spoon is in Japanese? Sapoon. You know what fork is? Forku. Forku. Yeah, and Forku. the thing is, like, biru is, like, the is beer. I rolled my R a little bit there, but... So, like, the thing is, there's a lot of foreign loan words in Japanese, but also a lot of people, because, you know, they watch media, you know, U.S. media stuff, too. Like, they can kind of tell what you're saying not everybody obviously but like sometimes you're going to find someone that can kind of like if you if you know how they hear english then and you know then or how they think of memorize in their head and how they pronounce it you're going to be able to communicate well once i when i came back from japan for one christmas we were all going to a mexican restaurant i think i think you were there but not like maybe not in the car but david and you or something were driving and I get in the back of the car holding a beer in my hand, drinking. And first of all, everyone's like, Trish, what are you doing? Because in Japan, <laughs> like, in Japan, it's not yeah. illegal to be in the back seat drinking a beer. I was just finishing my twisted tea, which was an awful thing I used to drink. 
Um, and so anyway, not a sponsor, unless it wants a sponsor and then I really like it. Um, <laughs> but so we get to the, the restaurant, which is jalapenos, which is a restaurant oh, yeah. I've been to many times, but you know, to, in all fairness to me, I'd been living in Japan for like six months. No, that one was the second one. I'd been living in Japan for a year by then or a year and a half really with just one visit to the States over the previous Christmas. And I was used to restaurants and certain things. So I'm like, um, oh, excuse me, can I have a, a forku? <laughs> like, and I'm saying stuff, but it sounds like I'm being racist against Mexicans. Yeah. Because I'm in the Mexican race. Do you have a sapoon? You know, like. Can you say that word, sapoon? Um, I need a. Anyway, so, and then I was like, Trish! And I was like, what? They're like, that's racist. And I'm like, what are you. Oh, crap, that does look really bad. Okay, so. Take away from all this is Trish's unchecked racism. Okay, okay. I'm going to edit this and make it sound like John's (laughs) saying it the whole time. Hey, John. Yes. Well, tell me a little bit more about this. What's this movie about? Oh, so you want a little synopsis, eh? A little synopsis. (laughs) Sorry, was that a big word for you? (laughs) Someone's getting an F in class. Go ahead and define it for me, John. (laughs) Okay, wow. They got quiet. Reiko Asakawa <laughs> is researching into a cursed video, interviewing teenagers about it. When her niece Tomoko dies of a sudden heart failure with an unnaturally horrifi- horrified expression on her face, Reiko investigates. She finds out that some of Tomoko's friends who had been on holiday with Tomoko the week before had died on exactly the same night at exact same time in the exact same way. Oh. Reiko goes to the cabin where the teens had stayed and finds an unlabeled videotape. Reiko watched the tape to discover to her horror it is, in fact, the cursed videotape. Ex-husband Ryuji helps Reiko solve the mystery. Reiko makes a copy for further investigation. Things become more tense when their son Yoki watches the tape, saying Tomoko had told them to. This is this is going to go on for a long time, so I'm going to stop right there. I yeah. think we get the picture. Yeah, I got a picture. We're going to watch a good movie that's about movies. Kind of. It's kind of like how... And it's got a, it's huh? got a 7.2 on IMDb. Okay. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 97% among critics. Wow. And an 81 for audience score. That is really high. Yep. That's really good, dude. There's also, uh, like, the reviewer score could be artificially inflated because of the... You know, it's it's hipper to dislike the American version of a movie. And well, yeah, that's true, but it's also normal to hate horror and all of these. So what yeah. we're seeing is, in general... It's unusual for a horror movie to even get that high, but you're right. It could be because because there was an American version made. Right. What what I want to know is is there going to be a remake of that terrible movie that was um, that shall not be named that I hate, the one from Venice. Are they going to remake that and have it just as boring and terrible? What, what movie? What movie, John? It was Don't Look Now. I hate that movie. I don't know if it's the that third rated. The, the it goes Psycho. Yeah. Okay. Rosemary's Baby. Okay. And then this piece of crap movie called Don't Look Now. Really? Is it it's, Italian horror? No. It is It is like British nonsense, but it's like British people in Venice. And lots of running around empty streets. Really? Yeah. And it's the worst thing, and I hate it. And now she mentions it every episode. I mention it every episode. I've got a whole episode about how much I hate it. And I just want to emphasize that things have not changed. And if you want to disagree with me, my podcasting audience, come at me. Send us an email. Where, John? At uh, up to it, including death at gmail.com. 
or up to an idea on all the socials where two is the number two. Okay, so. Don't forget your Like Us account. <laughs> Steven was telling me about Like Us today. <laughs> I don't know what that is. You don't know what Like Us is? <laughs> what did you God. use for Google before there was Google? What did I use? Yeah. Webcrawler, Metacrawler, Yahoo. Ask Jeeves? I, I used Profusion. Profusion? What? Profusion. It would search all of the search engines that, that were online. It was Ask Jeeves, Yahoo. But it would combine them all into a one reading. It was called Profusion. It was yeah, brilliant. Metacrawler did the same thing. Ooh. Um, well. Okay. So, John, Profusion. we're here. I'm here with my brother, Steven. Sounds gross. And I want to make sure that this movie is appropriate for him, that it's not too scary. Yeah. I scare easily. So, what? T- okay. can you t- is there some kind of guide, like a sisterly guide or a parental guide? Well, we, we've come to know and love the IMDb Parents Guide. Yay! And uh, so we'll go through. Okay. And you'll be happy to know since you're with your brother, sex and nudity, none. Yay. Oh, thank God for that. No sex or nudity. Awesome. Totally clean movie. Awesome. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah. <laughs> Violence and gore is mild. Ooh. A man bludgeons a woman with a machete and dumps her body in a well. <laughs> but no blood is shown. Huh. Huh? Yeah, see. A man re- a man briefly slaps another woman in an argument. I'm liking this movie more and more. Oh, boy. Uh, two teens are mysteriously killed in a parking lot whilst another teen dies in a motorcycle accident. The Ooh. deaths are off screen and are mentioned by other characters. Okay, so the, the wait, so you don't get to see any of these things. It's just the concept of it exists. Yeah. It says most, overall most of the violence and deaths are off screen and are heavily implied. Is this medium or mild? This is mild. Okay. So, I've, I've, so explain it to me. What is the IMDb parental? <laughs> what are y'all reading from right now? IMDb has a guide that people can uh, submit under these certain criteria. What would fall under it? Like sex and nudity, profanity, violence and gore, alcohol, drugs and smoking, or frightening and intense scenes. Okay. Oh. And so. They become really ridiculous for R-rated horror movies. And so here's what happened. John looks at this guide when we watch movies because we have a nine-year-old, right? Yeah. And so, but the next age up, like the nine-year-old is nine and the the next age up is 13. So what's appropriate for like everyone else in the house? 13-year-old probably can watch most things, maybe less... He would be deep, but yeah. we look at it and make sure there's not boobies that make the kids feel awkward around us when we watch movies. But you will watch something like Is Step Brothers appropriate for a nine year old? No. Poor David got roped into a lot of movies me and Drew watched. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And old Trish. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so basically, it's like this is a thing that you can look at really quickly. Okay. And then it turns out, how did you even find it, John? Did you just think to look at it one day? Yeah, because I was like, I think. It was for Halloween, I think. Halloween Kills, or oh yeah, that was a good movie. I like that movie. Yeah, yeah. But Halloween Kills had the absurd ones where it was like, man gets his eyes ripped out, blood is everywhere, <laughs> and the next line was, a kid is bullied at school. <laughs> Which my, is worse? Like, my worst. Stop with the first one. Okay, but what about so sex and nudity? What what's like? Is there anything that's not mild here? Yes, we'll get to it. profanity. Is none. Okay. Uh, Except for, damn it, one time, and a man says their child was a mistake. <laughs> That's less profanity and more truth-telling. Yeah. Yeah. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking is mild. Okay. And then, nothing really special. Frightening and intense scenes is severe. 
<laughs> There's four that do not contain spoilers under this category. Okay. The main antagonist reveals her grotesque stretched back eye during the face reveal, <laughs> which it's not a spoiler. It's on the pic on the box. We all know what it looks like. But yeah. Anyways. <laughs> The faces of the victims in the film are left with a permanent grin expression of fear. Ew. Loud screeching slash violin music is used in various jump scares. <laughs> oh, no. The, the overall atmosphere of the film is rather discomforting. Tense and uneasy and ominous ambient music is used to accompany this atmosphere. Well, well, Steve, what do you think? Do you think you can make it? Okay. So, should we... Okay, last thing. Tell me about what people are saying. What's the buzz? What's the scuttlebutt about this movie? Is it hip? Is it hip? What, I mean, are there movies. some reviewers on this that say that it's a great film it, that's good for families? Well, yeah. Oh, there was... There's 39 critic reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, 38 of them are positive. <laughs> What's the there's one? There's one negative review somewhere, but... Um, Let's hear the negative review. Well, you know what? Too much Japanese. (laughs) They keep talking in a language I don't understand. It's weird. It's from Empire Magazine. Okay. They said, bog standard horror offering with a distinct lack of action or plot. That sounds like a boring person wrote that. It's just like the same as everything else. And then a couple of the positive ones here. One of them is, if you don't mind, I'm off to the corner of my office to curl into a fetal position and rock slowly. (laughs) (laughs) And then we got uh, Dr. Hideko, or sorry, Dr. Hideo Nakata manages to strike a genuinely alarming balance between the cultural depths of Japanese folklore and the surface sheen of Latter-day teen culture. Ooh, teens. A bunch of fancy... Words well, for, folklore is not a fancy word. That's two words together. That's a double word. Oh, man. It's a fancy, it's that's a, as fancy as you get because that's a discount word. It's two <laughs> for one. Yeah. And this one is another one. While the story is engrossing and the action top no, acting top notch, Hideo, Hideo Nakato's direction is the primary reason to watch. Nice. Nice. Well, that's really cool. Do you think we should start watching? I'm going to tell a joke louder than Steve. No, Steve, tell me, tell the people what you told me about TVs. Oh, yeah, like in horror movies, um, the TV always cuts on when no one's around. And like in my 41 years of life, I've never had my TV turn on. But he's also never been murdered by a ghost. Now, I do debate that fact. It's very possible that I have and have just not realized it. (laughs) So I have had TVs turned on their own. Oh yeah, Your but phone? you've also literally yeah. lived in haunted houses, John. It wasn't that haunted. It just oh, just like John likes to. It, I'm like so. John's mother and I. The first time I met her, um, I had asked her. You know, I don't know why. It just seemed like the right thing to say at the time. Have you ever had an encounter with a ghost? I don't know why. It's just like I figure if I'm gonna have a mother-in-law. Oh. Hashtag Judy. Um, I might as well put it all out there on the counter, on the counter, on the counter. Anyway, so she's like, I lived in a haunted house. And she goes, so it turns to John. She's like, oh, Johnny, you remember living in a haunted house? And John's like, it wasn't haunted. And she's like, yes, it was. And he goes, it just, 
There was just footsteps upstairs all the time when no one else was home. It's fine. Simple stuff like <laughs> and apparently that. also, was that the house the TV would turn on, John? Yeah. The haunted house? And radios. And radios? Yeah, it, was, it was electrical stuff, that's all. Yeah, I'm sure that electrical stuff makes turned off televisions and radios turn on by themselves. He's just yeah. nodding. He forgot that he's doing a podcast. Logic. <laughs> logic. Ghost is like, you mind if I keep the TV on? I need it to fall asleep. So, Stephen also remarked that this movie could either be from 1998 Japan or from 1968 Japan, and we couldn't tell the difference. Now the same quality film. It's like the same. It's like they found the film that the ring was filmed on and are using that VHS tape to film this movie. (laughs) It's the same movie they're passing around. (laughs) This is also Godzilla. (laughs) It's also if you really if you do that thing that art historians do when they took look at a painting and X-ray to find the hidden painting beneath. Director's wedding, (laughs) t-ball games on here too, and also the ring. That's why he has to keep recording this video. Um, so we, I just gave part of it away, but anyway, so what we had was, was some, some little girls, some teen girls having a good time. One of them in theory telling a ghost story about being all with their friends. And a week ago today, we all watched a videotape and it's haunted. And we all got phone calls that said we had seven days and it's like, it's been seven days. And guess what? That little girl died. We think. We think. All we had was a really fun jump scare and then a cut, which was like the most 70s of 70s things. It was like a jump moment. A jump moment and her face freezes and it kind of goes quasi black and white. Yeah. And her face in a horrible like, ah. (laughs) It's just, ah. Because the TV, anyway, it's like a whole thing. But what do you think, John? I like it so far. I like tense Japanese movies. Like when I made you watch Audition. You know, oh, that was, was good. a good one. It was good. Yeah. yeah, Audition was good. We did not do that for the podcast, though, right, John? We just watched that. No. Yeah, that was a, a rite of passage for you. It was before we decided to monetize our love. All the podcasts. That's what did it. She watched the whole audition with me. That was that was it my audition. audition. That was the audition. Was watching was the audition. audition. That was actually one of the first things in our two-hour date that we had because my friend picked me up because I was no longer allowed to date people without being picked up in two hours because I was dating too many creepazoids. And they're like, nope. Yeah, you did have a pattern. I had a pattern. So my friend Anna just had decided, no, we're not doing this again. So she picked me up, and John and I had enough time to like in- introduce ourselves, establish that we both like beers and horror movies. And that was about okay, it. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> but that was kind of important. Beers and horror movies and kids, right, John? Yep. And he has red hair. That was the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. Stephen really likes it when I talk about that stuff with you, John, and the podcast in the sure. world. I'm sure. Okay, so now we're being recorded about this, like, there's a there's a thing going around. There's a, a, a horrible thing going around of, of a TV show, of a, oh, wait, of a haunted video cassette. And this is where we're at. Is that where and we're at right now? That is where we're at. We're at like a news yeah. thing. Um, and are you ready to press play, John? Well, it makes it. He's at, we're yeah. at the 808 mark. We just saw a creepy reflection in the television. Yeah. That <laughs> creepy video was really close to the American version of the movie, Almost too. shot by shot. Yeah, there's just like, we get to see. I don't the, think the guy's crawling in the field was in the American one. Well, I don't know. Like the first scene, 
I mean, I think in the American version of the ring, the well like gets covered up, but you it's less obviously that it's less obvious that it's a well at first. I don't know. I don't know. That seemed familiar, but the like the guys crawling in the field. Yeah, that was, was weird. I really enjoyed the there's and the like eruption and soda were. They were in the American. The eruption certainly wasn't. I don't think the soda was either. But what a fun know. way that what does like soda mean? Japanese. I don't know. It might be someone's name, ah. but it's a fun way in which like the Japanese letters is used on the screen, where it's like it's the word eruption that's erupting all over the screen, all over yeah. the screen. You know, oh, is that what that was? Oh, okay. Yeah, and so like that was a pretty cool way to demonstrate. Like the thing itself and yeah. the demonstration of it, that just to me looks cooler than Amer- just English going eruption, eruption. <laughs> just, yeah. Unless the eruptions were actually erupting. Like yeah, that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Um, so basically, our busy business lady, news lady, is trying to get to the bottom of something. She also has a kid. I she guess. has a kid. Okay, yeah. so we've got the two things, which I was very. So we're listening. So John's on Skype and he has the ability to send messages where it just goes over his face. And it's very funny. And we, I didn't realize, Stephen didn't realize that John could hear everything we're saying. Yeah. But we have John on mute so that we could watch everything else. And so Stephen makes a comment about kind of the trope of the busy business lady whose busy business ends up causing all the bad things in the movie. Right, and it's a trope in horror movies, and it's a trope in other types of movies or business. Or another one for like the rom com version is busy business lady doesn't have time for romance at Christmas, and so then like that's the Hallmark version. But then guess what? So he's just saying how he doesn't like that that trope. And John posts on this thing, women, am I right? But I don't think that she doesn't seem to be. So it starts off where she's investigating this rumor of a video, right? But then someone she knows dies. We guess. We guess. We so think. basically, yeah. an, the 18-year-old girl that died at the beginning that we saw, the newscaster lady happens to know her know her mother. And her the newscaster lady has about a six-year-old son, because John's magic and can tell kids' ages. And they go to the funeral, and it's his, like, the son's friend or like maybe but babysitter or cousin she also refers to, when talking to the little boy refers to the woman as his aunt oh so like but then when they're they're talking it's like a very formal thing like when they're discuss discussing matters like it was as if she was a reporter talking to this person as yeah i mean it could also be that like but she wasn't as like in an american movie it would be a lot more like intensive it seems i think they're demonstrating in an okay way that she's not only she's now invested because she's found out at the funeral that the girl goes to the academy where these other kids have actually died and they all died on the same day this group of four kids that went out to goof around or whatever and one kid died in a motorcycle accident one kid died or two people died in a car where we got to see a later video of their (laughs) Okay, we'll get to that in a second. And then and then her, I guess her, her niece, it must have been her niece. She is completely unfazed by that, by the way. Well, yeah, and then the son is kind of acting, I think, like a six-year-old might yeah. act, of like trying to, because he asks his mother, like, do children die too? Is that possible? Because well, he doesn't, he's trying to understand the yeah. the de- concept of death, and she's trying to tell him, like, okay, that's your right, he does it too, because she says, don't say this at Aunt Izuki's house, or whatever her name is, yeah. you know. Um, so anyway, at the funeral, she finds out that she's not the only death. 
we we get to see what it looked like when she was found later yeah. because the 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 like mother jump cut kind of the mother's yeah. reminiscing about it and there's a jump cut to the body in the closet because apparently not only did she die but her body ended up in the closet even though her friend was there yeah kind of got shit yeah it's okay it's fine but then we have like the reporter is now with her guy friend that's helping her who's going to die i guarantee 100%. 100% and it's going to be her fault somehow. i hope so anyway so he like is helping her and he's i guess recorded or not maybe not him cuz he's found the video of it of like a shaky cam in a bush watching these two teenagers get pulled out dead from a car but you can only see parts of things so you can see like the girl's face as she comes out and they all have this horrifying face with their eyes wide open and their mouths open going bah! and that's how you die when you get ringed is that what we're calling it i don't know it's like the ring cam <laughs> is that why it's called the ring cam oh yep our a life imitating art john are you really scared why because we're watching a you screen. can see my nipples on the camera your nipples <laughs> Ooh la la oh my I was kidding. Is this a like, reference to Abuse to Sandy that was a little bit over my head? What? I didn't catch that. Why would your nipples You're have anything to do with being scared? I don't know what's going on. I thought you saw my nipples were hard, meaning I was scared. Why would your nipples be hard if you were scared? I don't know. Doesn't that happen? That's that, what happens sometimes. You bite your body constricts or something? Yeah, you know, sometimes you get scared. I was trying to be funny hyped. and you went all scientific on it. Yeah, you like, your body gets colder because you're shunting, you start shunting. Oh, because your blood goes inside of you yeah. instead of on your extremities. Well, it's always okay. inside of you. That just went, it's been a long day. I had a 14-hour layover in Chicago and it was terrible. It was 12 and a half hours. It was too long and I didn't like it, but I should get over it. Okay, so we keep going? In, in Georgia, we have something called palmetto bugs. Yeah, I remember one in an underwear drawer that you flipped out of. Yeah, well, these are currently alive. And apparently there's two of them because the door to the porch doesn't shut anymore at Nana's house. Maybe. Wonderful. And because there's like a huge problem with the underside of the house where it all needs to be ripped out and be done. And since we've been here last, yeah. it's rotten under there. And so everything's settled. And so Stephen is not okay because I also don't see where those bugs went. That's the true horror story of this. That is yeah, the... Stephen's not a fan of bugs. No, I don't. Th- but, well, are you? I don't think you much like, like that palmetto bug. It's just like Asher. He loves bugs now. Does he like? Does he like? Um, That's his big thing. His uh, bugs. Yeah. The fancy word for that is entomologist. He, he will show you pictures of bugs and bug samples. Look at that boy. I tell him, I was like, I love you. I will kill you. So and speaking of young boys, um, this child that's six no. years old, we're recording right now. Just so you know. Yeah, did you see my chats? Oh, you were sending chats. I didn't. Let's see what your chat said. So John and I were talking. Okay. Does she have a widescreen microwave? 
Hi, Nana. <laughs> At one point, we had to go help Nana. The fridge is actually made by Hawaii. That's a fridge thing. Yeah, um, a dumb fridge. Okay. Is is everyone in Japan too polite just to not to to just not answer the phone? <laughs> I tell you what, that that witch lady would have never got my ass. On no, the phone. it's like so who's this? Click? this number, no. That's why in current movies, like it's always them mimicking the your parents' phone yeah. number or something like that. My phone will come up scam likely. Um, <laughs> yes. John has looked it up. Year one school age in Japan is six. Boom. It's also with the chat lens. And um, I don't know who Stephen Young is. From Walking Dead? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Glenn. Glenn. I also had too small of a slice. That, on, I think you should leave. Yes, too small of a slice. So, um, so basically what... Oh, God, there it is. It's so big and disgusting. Oh, that's his brother. Oh, it's... Okay. It's fine. So basically, she's going on. This the main character is a is a she's a reporter, but also her nieces died of this thing that she thinks has to do with the video. She's gone to the mountains and watched the video. That's what we established. She thinks she only has seven days, so she calls her ex husband, who may or may not be the father of her six year old son, who is a latchkey kid. That's the expression. And back in the nineties, it was, huh? He's beyond latchkey kid. Yeah, it's that be- meant you spend an hour at home while you're waiting for your mom to get home from work. Yeah, because school gets out at three and work gets out at four or five. Yeah, so the idea this is, is a, that you have your own kid. key, but you're a little bit more independent and you're allowed to. Oh boy, this is a deadbolt kid. Yeah, this is a deadbolt kid. Steven's not okay. Do you want to sit where I'm sitting, Steve? No, I'm good. I can see it. Okay. Right here. Okay, because one of them went that way near you on the other side so you gotta look that in that direction as well they might both be under there why would you tell me i'm that? sorry so anyway i'm the one who has to sleep here tonight so anyway so it's really adding to the ambiance of the film so um the slashkey kid or deadpool boy um is just kind of left alone at home the ex-husband here is unclear if he's the father because at one point he just looks at the kid and walks around him to get into the house. Yeah. Because he shows up because she's all freaked out. And it turns out he's a professor, but also he knows video editing. So she shows him the video and says that after the video, I got a phone call right away that was really spooky. It says seven days. And so he's like, so he watches the video and then listens for the phone. And the phone doesn't go. And then that day, he's, the next day he's like, reading a newspaper in the park and doing some doodles or whatever and he sees creepy white shoes that are dirty and it's and he says to himself did you do this to me yeah yeah. weirdly but then looks up nothing's there and then so he goes on his bicycle to his home where he meets his ex-wife who's the main character and like because she's made him a copy all right she's made him a copy of the video and so, because that's he's, he, so he does he does video editing. They watch it in the in the his home, you know, slowly but surely. And then his student comes by with food, like creepily. Oh yeah. Calling him Sensei. Sir. Sensei King. Anyway, so it's just really creepy. Obviously, he's bonding his student, which we can explain why they're not together anymore. So anyway, then like at one point they're like in a video editing lab, looking at things frame by frame, and he says to her don't you need to go home to be with Yoichi? And she goes, he's fine. He's fine. He's used to it. He's used to it. Just being alone. Her child. I like how, I think the main directing point for all the actors in this movie is 
How deadpan can you be? I don't want to see a ounce of emotion. If this was like a Korean movie, everybody would be screaming at each other. Or just like emoting beautifully and sad and like learning how to be a parent or a person. That kid is like a little Michael Myers. He just he does no emotion. He's he's going to kill somebody. Like had that same affect of the kid from. Uh, the first Halloween yeah, movie. Yeah, I guarantee you he's probably got some dead animals in his room. What do you think, John? You know a lot more about six-year-olds than me and Steve. Oh, I thought you were going to say I know more about dead animals. Oh. Yeah. Do too. That too, maybe. No, there's something wrong with that kid, but he might just be Japanese. I don't know how they act there. Well, Aren't they supposed to be quiet and not be seen and not heard? I don't know, because like, I, I lived over there and you know people were just people, normal. But I think it's just that this kid lives alone all the time. And he's doing a really good job as if you had a six-year-old that never saw anyone and had to make his... He had to microwave his own food. But see, now, this is another problem, like though, feral. that Hollywood has child. with children. Yeah. That they're never children. They're always, they're like... always adults, but many sons. They're always, like, wise beyond their years. Yeah. Like, I've not heard a lot of pearls of wisdom coming from my four kids. I love them, well, but... I don't know. Eden comes up with some... No, she's funny. She's just legit. Like the other day, I so I bought two cat trees, but I put them together on different days. And so I put the first one up. She didn't know about the second one. And she's like, when she comes in and she puts her little hands on her hips and goes, wow, you're going to really spoil those kitty cats. You're going to spoil them. And then like the next day I put together the other one. She comes up and she's like, Trisha, did you spoil the cats again? They're going to get spoiled. If you keep giving them presents, <laughs> it was just she. It's just she's so cute, but it's not a pearl of wisdom. What I mean is like you know when the kid is giving the parent major life advice. Yeah, you yeah. know. Oh yes, like, or like um. Are you my mommy? They can. Are you my mommy? They can fend for themselves to an almost like supernatural degree. Um, like I mean, nothing phases them. They, yeah. they literally, like, that kid, in, the, the kid in this movie acts like he just got back from, like, a war. Like, yes. nothing phases him. He's seen everything. Yeah. He's his... six. He should be falling apart at the thought of there not being a cat heaven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Much less that his cousin has died. Yeah, his, his cousin just died. He's like, yeah, whatever. Life is pain, bro. Yeah, everything. The Buddha tells us that we should accept all. <laughs> Maybe he's just, like, already enlightened. But, yeah, so she's just leaving her kid behind uh, while she's hanging out with her ex. And I'm seeing a little bit of a a little bit of a kind of wanting to be close to him kind of vibe from her. And it's interesting to me that he's still helping her. Yeah. Cause, and he's con- invested in helping her. And they're going through things frame by frame. And so we're seeing things like um, looking at the picture of the video, which at one point there's a woman with long hair brushing her happily, brushing her hair happily. Mm-hmm. It cuts to a creepy black and white lady with her hair in her face. And then it cuts back to the woman with the long hair with a smushy face. Yeah. Right. And then the eruption that's been coming up on in the eruption. Very words, cool effect. It's a very yeah. cool effect. But now on the newspaper that they're going, they're going, they found out a lot of things, including this, like in the creepy, part of the video where there's people crawling and there's someone in the lake there's a sound that someone that something's yeah, making and it's like an old timey about brian and goblins brian, goblin of vine yeah and like it's that. an old yeah. saying from a particular island in japan where there is a volcano 
And so she and the and the ex husband start looking at newspapers as a creepy flash. That nope. Oh, just seven days. Seven days. Seven days. Start (laughs) the Roku TV. Like um, the screensaver just popped up and it was scary. Um, But yeah, so so they look at the newspapers from the prefecture from the from the video where they found out that this is a saying that's literally only in this prefecture. And they find out that there was an eruption of the volcano there. That is where we paused. Is that a good summary, John? Yeah, I think you nailed everything. Do you, is anyone else seeing the kind of tension between her and her ex-husband, or is it just me? Anyway, just you. I do watch a lot of anime. I'll tell you the truth, I'm not feeling this movie that no? much. No, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. I mean, I think it may be because I the remake <laughs> is like kind of a pretty close to this version so you see it's kind of like the new psycho that they did was that was the shot for shot remake and it's like why did you make this except for the fact that for some reason julian not julian julian moore has like headphones yeah so the sister has headphones and she wears a sweatshirt instead of like normal clothes it's like and you see Anne hits this butthole in it yeah yeah you can see that anywhere though yeah okay you do let's keep going yeah, maybe we'll take Oh, that. yeah. I gotta go grab some beers, though, because I got empties. Oh, yeah, and you have to make sure to do Brewers Brews at the end of this. I will, because right. I'm drinking all these. All these. Yeah. The wife is away. The husband is playing with beers. Okay. Oh, no, John. John. What? He watched the videotape the little kid did. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine. They're going to the, the island now to try to figure it out. Oh, yeah. His, uh... Yeah, go to the and let her kid die. That's how to- she wants it. Tomo-chan told him to, the one that died earlier in the movie. Tell you what, this woman's racking up a body count. Yeah. She is. She's got, like... Well, she didn't kill her, her niece. Her niece died, and she's figuring it all out. Women, am I right? Okay. Amen, bro. Okay, I'm pressing stop recording on this. We are pretty far in. How how far along, Stephen? Fifty an hour and an hour and nine minutes and nine yeah. seconds. One oh nine oh nine, and so basically, so she went to this island with her ex husband. She and her ex husband. So her ex husband's having like kind of visions of things. She's having some visions of things. Granted, she did make a recording of the tape. Let's put that out there, right? So they go to the island. And child. Yeah. They go to the island, and the child has watched the tape, of course. So they go to the island, her and her husband. She leaves the child with her grandpa, or with her father, so right. the kid's grandpa. And um, and also the grandfather of Tomoko, who is dead, who died at the beginning of it. So they go to the island, and they find out that Sadako... Is it Sadako is the mother? No, Sadako is the daughter. Oh, Sadako is the daughter. She's the one who can kill people with Yeah, she's mind. the one that can kill people with mine. So basically... Um, Suzuko or something like that. Um, there's a, a mom, the mom psychic. So there's a psychic on this island that predicted a, a volcano. A creepy professor came, had sex with her a bunch, had, had Sadako with her, but also did a bunch of tests on the mother to try to prove that ESP exists. Everyone in there, they basically find it out through some mystical means. And, you know, we see a clip of what's going on because the dad is the... The ex-husband is touching the arm of the of the guy that was there, this old guy that was there, and um, then the main character lady goes into a trance, and she's physically there, 
And so she sees the test that's done to prove the ESP, right? Right. And then every all the Japanese men that are watching it get really mad because they think they're being tricked. Because they don't believe in ESP. Well, it's the natural reaction. Yeah, because it's like, it's a trick. It's nothing real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then um, the guy that's yelling that this is a trick goes, ah! And, and he, he dies, dies. And he makes the face that everyone else has been making. Yeah. And the mom, and the mom's kind of hurt, hurt. She's clutching her head or whatever. And, everyone, and, the, and the, the professor was like, oh, she killed her with her mind. The prefer, professor goes, Sadako, you didn't do this, did you? Yeah. And Sadako has got her creepy hair in her face and runs off right to the main character lady and he grabs her arm yes or the sadako grabs her arm and and when she main character comes out of her trance there's a bruise on the arm or a burn mark or yeah it looks like like she had been like you could see where the ghost child had she completely didn't react to it so it's hard to tell what it was (laughs) so they find out that one of the reasons the professor had been disgraced and kicked out of being a professor was because he had had a baby with one of his test subjects sadako sadako could kill people with their mind so they've established that everyone's probably dead, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we're pretty sure that Sadako wouldn't have been allowed to live. And what they figured out is Izu is the is the place where the cabin was where she actually got the phone call, right? She didn't get the phone call or, or the the boyfriend the ex-husband did not get the phone call because they weren't on Izu because the idea is that so Sadako is an evil spirit now. She has power and her power was on Izu. That's why she was able to create the cursed videotape when a cabin was built on top of, like, where she was murdered, basically, and there was a TV in there with a VCR. So she's able to create the cursed videotape, trick these, or it was actually like a, um, on it was on television and someone taped it. Well, I got a question. Do you have Wikipedia pulled up right now or something? How are we watching the same movie and you are able to parse? <laughs> you, you know, you're just, what you're describing is like having a pastor describe an Old Testament story. <laughs> like it's, it's like, let me get out the ancient Hebrew yes, and tell you what the cultural like, context well, is. Hezekiah went up to Ishmael and Ishmael who had a child named Amos and Amos went up to Bethlehem and you're like... <laughs> You're like after the third name, you're like, is there a cliff notes to this? Like, <laughs> well, I do, it's amazing. This, We're watching I am the, the same movie, and you're I have like, the cliff notes. So anyway, so they find out that it's Izu where she was murdered. Right. So it must be on Izu where they could do something about getting the curse lifted. Right. Because of course it's like her, her husband, and then the kid. It's like in three days the kid's gonna die. Yeah. The husband's like, I think we all should be dead because we should never have had a kid because he's a piece of shit. But I mean, he's there, he's still with her on this. I'm pretty sure the mother agrees with him. Yeah, I think because yeah, she clearly didn't much want one. Um, with they're the way self-aware she, pieces of shit. They're yeah. self-aware, you know. Their kid's hair a piece of shit, isn't too. even slicked back. It's all slicked front. Yeah. The kid knows he's such a piece of shit that he just doesn't even talk. Yeah, he's yeah. like, he's like nothing I say is ever going to be important. I bet so that little kid is the ring girl. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so they're going to. He does the ancestry test. It just says two pieces of shit. <laughs> Just two took commodes full of a dump. So she's gone out to Izu, or there. She's just talked to the son on the phone on the greenest phone I've ever seen, um, and they're going to Izu to get to Sadako to end the curse or whatever. But I guess they still need to figure out. They assume that she's been murdered. They haven't connected the well situation yet. So I'm looking forward to the thing. But when she actually saw her son watching the 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 thing again, she had started coming out of the well. 
that part of the what that part of it wasn't in the previous versions of it. So it's like the director's cut. Yes. Yeah. We ready to go? I just want to give a background because we know where we're going. We're, you we're, we're know pro- where we're going. Well, now you guys know. Did you know, John? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, I guess I'm the only one here. I'm just. just I've seen the American one. Yeah. I, I, That's also helpful. I mean, and I've lived in Japan, so I know a lot of these places. Yeah. So it's like, I guess. But one of the nice things I just want to point out is that about the Japanese version is just that, like, there's something about having to take a day ferry to get to an island that you need to do the investigation on and then get stuck on the island because it's raining. It's not the same thing as, like, driving somewhere and coming back, right? I mean, that could still happen here, though. It can. live on the East Coast. We do live... Well, you live on the... Yeah, you could, like, go take the ferry out to Sapelo or something yeah. like that. or well, Especially if you get farther up north. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, a lot, lot, a lot of like fishing uh, islands. Fishing like islands, that, up here? yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I only hear about them like from like um, like Elena's Facebook stuff. I'm like we went out to Shark Tooth Island and got all these mega megalodon teeth. It's like yeah, we're... those are more like sandbars that oh yeah have trees on them. Yeah. That's all right. All right, let's keep going. All right. Wow. What do you guys think? Nothing about this woman is normal to me. I am so... Is her name Asakawa? I don't I'm know. so bad with names yeah. in general. Her name's Asakawa. So Asakawa... It's Asaka. Asaka. So Asaka, like, she is... Okay, okay. So they make it to the the beautiful cabin that we've all established that we would like to spend some time with this cabin. Mm-hmm. It's quite nice. Um, you know, ghost or not, we just won't watch VHS tapes. Um, and so anyway, they go to the bottom of it where there's this beautiful lattice work, which I've actually looked into doing myself because I wanted to put some in our old house. Right, John? And so I, I see this, this a-hole come, to the, come at the lattice work with a crowbar and I'm like, hey, that's expensive. You could have just pushed yeah. it in and they could have put it back up. You didn't have to destroy it. But anyway, he destroys the beautiful, probably cedar, because it's like fancy Japanese cedar, but very expensive is what I'm saying. Um, And they're going to have to replace the whole panel because he's a jerk. But anyway, so they go in there, they find the, uh, they find the well where we, from the, from the video, from the, yeah, from the video. I said the right word, the VHS type video. Anyway, so they find the well and they go and so basically he goes the doodad goes in the well the ex-husband goes in the well um and they start pulling buckets of water out so they can find her and he's having as steven points out this 110 pound woman pull the buckets out for hours and finally she passes out and he's like i guess you should go in the well <laughs> and then he pulls she pulls he pulls out one bucket and she's like never mind Sadical. Where are you? And she finds her and like kind of like imagines her grabbing her arm, but there's just kind of like soft like sounds, like kind of like happy sounds. And she finds Sadako's like body and she pulls it up and it looks like she's hugging Sadako a little bit, holding her hand, like her head in her hands with her beautiful hair. And she pulls the hair back to see her face and rips off all the dead skin from this corpse. And looks at the skull, and there's like goo coming out of the eyeballs that aren't there. And she's just hugging her to her chest, and it's past seven ten, and that's where it's it's she's so she survives, and that's probably it's lovely. now there is like fourteen minutes left of the movie. Yeah, so 
Who knows what could happen? So something's gonna happen. I think we know. Maybe they happen. just go into Yoichi and they become a happy family and like they've learned a lot about their lives and how they should do less work and more family togetherness. That time. would portray her to have the ability to express the emotion of happiness. They keep saying think about Yoichi, but it's like that's not a part what, of any what of this. But they're saying it like think about Yoichi. Well, it's also pretty like lizard you made, people. You made a good point, Steve, where it's like I don't think that they I think that they've heard that this is what you're supposed to say. Yeah. Not as it's not as a, like they made a bad acting choice. It's like this is what the character is. They're lizard people. They're lizard people. <laughs> like th- what happened was, lizard people accidentally watched a movie meant for people, people, <laughs> and they have to go through the motions of this in order to pass for people. <laughs> because the reaction this woman has. Of finding, for starters, okay, here's probably why he didn't send her down the, uh, why he didn't go down the well, or send her down the well to begin with, Mm -hmm. is because literally the first thing she does is space out and wanders off. Yeah. Like, (laughs) and in a well, that's a really hard thing to do. Yeah. Like, she, and then she finds it, she doesn't even blink. She just goes... No, but she's like in this kind of thing and she's into it and she's like entranced by it, ripping the skin off. It was like a tonal shift in the movie. Kind of, but in like a really beautiful way. It kind of reminds me of, oh, like Rosemary's Baby, the beginning of it, where it's just like such wonderful like sounds and and like it's it's just like soft music and soft, soft like screens. Um, and that's like the first scenes of the movie itself, of this movie, right? Where it's like kind of soft focus. Now, they're not in soft focus anymore in this particular scene that we're paused at, where they're kind of, the cops are there, because now they've brought cops into it. Well, I think my point is that because she is underselling what's happening, yeah, it lowers the stakes dramatically. Oh, yeah? So, like, if she's not terrified about dying... Why well, should I be terrified that she's going to die? This is it. And we talked about this. Steve and I did. I'm, John? And she, she doesn't seem very worried about her son dying. Too. No. That's not the whole... So, the, one of the things that like I pointed out and Steve has pointed out, and probably you too, John, is that the actor that plays the ex-husband is clearly just like a better actor. Yeah. Not that she's terrible, but like he's just a really good actor. And it's an odd connection because, like, he's clearly playing a deadbeat dad that's kind of a piece of shit, but he maybe used to be a piece of shit and is trying to do better. Um, no more sloppy steaks. No more sloppy steaks. That's a, uh, so, uh, I think you should leave reference just so you guys know. Um, but, and it's interesting to see this connection, right, between someone that's kind of wooden a little bit. And I don't know if it's oh, the direction. She's not wooden. She's a granite slab. Yes. Yeah. And so, and then you have him who's just kind of like playing a piece of shit because that's what the character is. But he's actually being there for his ex-wife, which is kind of nice. Because sometimes pieces of shit can be there for you when you need them. Sometimes. You we can't think always... he's a piece of shit. Anyway. We think so just because People they're not together. Change. Huh? People can change. People can change, John. People can change. Used to be a piece of shit. Yes. So we've got like 13 minutes left of the movie. I think they're just going to go home and be a happy family. And You know what it would take for us to really understand whether or not he's a piece of shit since they haven't really delved into backstory? Yeah. Her reaction towards him. And to this point, she has yeah. not had any reaction well, towards I've him Well, I've noticed whatsoever. some reaction, which is kind of like... 
wanting to be a little closer to him. Yeah, but she also has that same reaction in scenes where she should be scared. That's true. So, like, I think that's just her go-to face face when... But I also don't know if, like, she's having a kind of, like, metaphysical thing going on where she's not scared. But, yeah, you're right. Actually, I don't... I shouldn't... Because, yeah, I think, I think this is an actor choice. Yeah, I mean, she also could be told to be stoic by the by the director, and this is, like, the response. But this is also something that, and it's sad to see it in Japanese culture, but if you notice in, like, Hollywood, women have to be almost, like, especially nowadays, women have to be dead-faced. Yeah, because... Almost, almost like how male actors in the 70s had to be, like... And women had to have the entire motive force of the movie... Right. And now it's like the other way around. Yeah, and so you can't have the 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 best thing would be if both characters could be fully fleshed out, yeah. or any character be fully fleshed but out see, regardless of gender. It's hard to do that because you need good actors you and have, writing. Like, the hero, and especially in particular types of movies like The Matrix and Star Wars, the main actor has to be somebody that the viewer can put their self into. They're no. the vessel that they travel through. So in the ancillary characters like San Holo or Son, yeah. Han, Han Solo, Solo. There we go. and Morpheus. Oh, uh, San Holo. San Holo. Like that. That's yeah. his porn name. You mentioned the porn uh, version, right? <laughs> but like they're the they're you know they're the really good characters that yeah. people latch on. You know people like. But then the main character is not. It's just kind of vacant. And that's actually one of the criticisms of Ray in the new ones was that she was kind of a Mary Sue, as if Luke wasn't. Yeah. Right, as if Luke is this main but dude, but like the Star side characters Wars had were fun. a, like the the newer movies weren't as well made as the originals were, like they, in my opinion they weren't. So like if you're oh, going to have an actor, I put, I put uh, Rogue One against Return of the Jedi any day. I mean, you put that, but that's Rogue One. Like Ray wasn't even in Rogue One. No, Rogue One no, was yeah. the one that was um, that takes place before yeah. the events yeah. of the. You just said new Star Wars movies. I'll, weren't as I was well referring made to the uh, the the three tri- part trilogy, not the uh, Rogue One or Han. The Solo. original trilogy. Yeah, comparing the the back. The original three to trilogy the first three. to the newest so trilogy. Gonna, we're not thinking of the prequels. Yeah. If you're going to have a blank okay. slate, yeah, you have to have a good movie around it. Like, look at Hayden Chris Anderson in. The prequels. He was yeah. a blank slate, and the movies weren't all that great, so he came off as not being very good. Yeah, but if the movie was better, then he would be yeah. in the perp. That's interesting. So what you're saying is kind of like we've got this blank slate woman character, but it's not Hollywood really hasn't working. Figured out how to write a movie for that type of female character. And this is not the movie for that type right. of female character. So this is kind of like what we have here is like everything else is kind of yeah. So it's like, just not enough. There needs to be more emotion. Behind yeah. the eyes or whatever, because he's certainly God. It's creepy when it does that. Goes to because like, it flashes before yeah. it goes to the Roku TV. But like even in like the the still that we have, John, right now, which I don't think you can see, but we have her and him like looking off and like kind of traumatized, looking off into the into space. Yeah, with her covered with a blanket. Yeah, it's the yeah. same thing. But she's dead eyed and dead faced, yeah. and he's got yeah, like he looks depressed. Yeah, like something crazy just happened and it was really like upsetting. Yeah, another example because something crazy just happened. What's yeah. the name? She just she just like embraced a corpse. Yeah, but there, that kind of like tells us that there's something wrong with her, and then maybe her face makes sense. Um, yeah. What's the name of the woman from Twilight? Um. Oh, what's her face? Um. Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Kristen Stewart. 
every movie that she does, it's the same dead face thing. It's like they're telling her, you know, you're, you know, this, you know, it's mm-hmm. the new way, you know, the way that it's basically how it was for men, but now it is for women. Well, here's the thing too with her. Like, if you look at her in some of the movies that she's in, and I hate to say it because I really disliked her and that stuff, but, like, if you look at her in, like, Saturday Night Live when she did SNL. Yeah, she was great She's so, like, the one where it's, like, the there's, like, a, a, a video of her the, in the SNL, which is, like, kid, it was Duolingo for understanding how to talk oh, to kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah, that yeah. was the most realistic thing when, I mean, to be fair about the Twilight movies is that they were terrible. They had a lot of really great ancillary actors, but the lighting was bad. The cinematography was bad. The writing, the was, writing bad. was yeah. The writing was definitely bad. The um and the two main characters had zero chemistry. Yeah. Um and a part of it is just that, but that even their chemistry might have been there was acting choices that were made. Yeah. That were not that were made probably told but told by the director, but like they were surrounded by actors that were amazing. Yeah. But even then, and that kind of made their woodenness come out more. This, this, but he's been in other stuff too, where he's great. But like, here's this: like, if you're going to do that type of character, like the hero's yeah. journey type of thing, the movie has to be good. Yes. Because if, as soon as something dumb happens, it takes you out of the immersion. But, and the thing is, it's like there are millions and millions. There's probably hundreds and hundreds of hero's journey characters with white guys in it that are exactly the problem that we're talking about. We yeah. just don't remember them because we remember Star Wars, but yeah. we don't remember the 800 other movies that came out that year that had a male lead that just sucks, right? Yeah, we remember, but, there was we remember a Star Dragon Wars. Slayer. But, but there see, was... The, what was the, that, John? We remember Dragon Slayer and Clash of the Titans. But like, yeah. But my point Which is... Which were hot garbage, what we remember. But that's different, but, but there's there like was, a lot more hot garbage than that. But my point is there was a Star Wars. Yeah. There is not the, you know... Blank slate female lead movie, like. Well, I also wonder if that's just not something that, like, I guess it's like if you're making a movie and what it is and what it's doing, right? And who is it for? And a lot of the when you're looking for a Mary Sue and a woman, like, so so Luke is supposed to stand in for and like women love it and he could yeah, be the like standard for women too, he, right? Like, yeah, and that and Neo too, but like as a society, it's basically male driven and women are supposed to just be okay with that and just take this and have it represent us yeah even though it's it's like the thing when we talk about it why we don't say mankind anymore because it kind of makes a claim about the only man being being able to represent humanity and that if you had a woman stand in for mankind it clearly isn't representative right so somehow male is more representative of the species than female and this is actually like an issue i think in in society, as much as it in, as in, as it is in an issue of cinema, but let's watch the rest of this movie and continue the conversation because maybe she has emotions later. It's gonna be stupid. Okay, let's keep going, huh, John? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Hey. How are you doing, Steve? Oh, I'm good. good We're all good. kind of sitting in darkness. Well, Steve and I are. Yeah, I'm not. John left all the lights on. So, the end of the film, the last ten minutes, everyone's happy, and then she's at home, and then I guess she kind of realizes that she's, I don't know, I guess she thinks something's wrong. Meanwhile, ex-husband 
has gone to his apartment. To do science. To do sciencey math. Which is like, he's really yep. good at video editing, but is a math professor. We think. We, we think. don't really know what kind of professor He's doing he something. Um, and he like sees where his little girlfriend, front, that's his student, has like changed an equation and fixes it. Um, and then he's doing his math, he's doing other stuff. And then I guess the TV turns on, and the lady comes out of the well. Yeah. And comes out of the TV. Yeah. And Asako like calls him, but it's like too late. And he, she rushes to his house, and they're like, his body has already been removed. She asks the girlfriend, which is such an interesting subplot that's very yeah. tiny, but yeah. I feel like in a Western version of this, there might be a more more to that subplot. They would have done something with it. Um, and so... I think it was just so she could be emotionally detached from him. Yeah, that would make sense, because maybe he's just boning his students kind of thing. Um, maybe yeah. still love him, he's but no, you can't be together kind of thing. But anyway, it's so, okay that he dies because he's gross. But she like, she real she it takes her a while to figure out why he's, he's dead and not her. Yeah. Even though they found the corpse. Yeah. And there's a creepy ghost, which I kind of missed because my um stupid phone kept going off and it had fallen inside <laughs> of the crevice of what I'm sitting on, and it's like Nana's asleep next to us and I'm like stop ringing because it rings and flashes, yeah. but I can't tell where sound comes from. So I'm just like running around like an idiot, like looking for the where the flashing's happening. It's happening inside of the couch. Um, but anyway, so creepy ghost is pointing at the VHS, literally saying, yeah. "Make a copy of this and show it to somebody, and you get to live." And so she is like on her way to meet her son. She calls her dad, and he's like, "Dad, I need something from you. It's for Yoshi, her son Yoshio, or whatever." So and it's like, but that's where it ends. Yeah. She finally figures it out, and in her mind, she's remembering the young girls from the previous interview where they said they say you have to show a make a copy of it and keep showing it over and over again, and it's just for for everyone to see it. Yeah, and it's like you knew this from the beginning. And (laughs) the girls, for some reason, that was the rumor going around that no one did. Yeah. Well, what do you guys think of the film? She did it to save her son. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what we think she did. She's driving on her way to see her son. Oh, but he did it first thing in the morning, so I don't know if he, she's going to make it in time. But we'll see. So tell me, Steve, what'd you think? I didn't like this movie. No? I thought that... I don't know. It's hard to really put into words. Like, the pacing was off. Yeah. Um, not a whole lot happened. There wasn't a whole lot of exposition, uh-huh. so it was harder to really pick up on what was happening. Yeah. The lead actress was just... It, Wooden? That would be the polite way of putting it. Yeah. Um, there were thematic choices all throughout the movie that came and went that didn't amount to anything. Like the woman, the like the tonal shift when they're in the well and she... Picked up the, the yeah the and, and embraces and like, the skeleton. It was like a warm moment or something, and, and you, so you thought the movie was going to go a certain yeah. way, and then they just dropped it. Yeah. Um, the fact that the ex-husband had a clearly teenage girlfriend. Yeah. It was never really put you know out that this was a bad thing. Yeah. So you didn't really have any type of reaction to him dying, other than oh no, the best actor in the movie's dying. <laughs> Uh, the, you know, there's just, 
it was cold. Like, the whole movie was, like, cold and sterile. There wasn't yeah. a whole lot of life involved in it. You know, I think that, like, suffering Olympics or whatever in, in a lot of American cinema, sometimes it's too much suffering. Yeah. But I kind of would have liked to see a little bit more suffering. There have, yeah. Which there's plenty of Japanese horror that does that. Like, The yeah. Grudge. This just wasn't one of them. There, yeah. There were no stakes involved in this movie. Mm. Like, it was basically boiled down. It was a raced against time kind yeah. of movie. It was like, you know, it, you could have taken this plot and put it into any genre and you would have it like, so like you have to get to this point, you have to get from point A to point B before like a See, bomb explodes or But here's like the that. thing, with a MacGuffin, I don't mind that in a thriller or a horror movie. It's just I wanted more horror in it. There's like it's okay. No tension. Yeah, it's okay if it's like, you know what the plot is and what they need to do. Like I don't need the twist. Yeah. I just want a good horror movie. And it, and maybe, and the thing is like it did spawn The Ring. Yeah. Which I don't, John, what'd you think of the movie? I actually kind of liked it. Yeah. But I'm weird. I like the um, the coldness of Japanese horror movies. So I think that, like, I was talking to you about this, too, when we were watching it, that it would be a very different story if we were sitting in the dark, not talking, watching it with the oh, surround sound. Sure. Huh? For sure. I mean, the Japanese horror movies are all about the atmosphere. Yeah, and so it's kind of hard to do the building atmosphere. building of tension. But was there well, a lot of atmosphere in this movie? Like it, like a lot. This whole movie reminded me of cutscenes in a video game. Well, we also did stop a lot. Well, I mean, no, I mean, just even the way that it was filmed. Yeah. Like uh, you know, nothing happens. Nothing happens, and it's like boom, cutscene. Okay, and then you go, and then the character moves and moves and moves. Boom, cutscene. Like it was all like yeah. it's. The, there was no real atmosphere. I think that there's a part of this too, though, that like a lot of the best cutscenes in video games comes from Japanese horror games. Yeah, they do. And so, like, it also and the horror games get it from Japanese horror films. So there's kind of like an overlap there where but a lot of those games were also derided as not being very good. Even Resident Evil, the cutscenes were the weakest part of the yeah, game. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, like, but the point is, the for me. There was no building of tension. Okay, like, so Steve didn't have the tension, but John, why is it that... I'm curious as to think why you... What what was the tension that you felt? Let's honor your feeling that you're having. <laughs> My feelings? Yeah. No, I think it's because the main characters don't have a stake in it. Oh, I know really? that sounds weird. But, like, it builds the whole story. You're not centered around that one character. Oh, You're centered around the idea. Oh, the idea and the story itself instead of, like, the individual. It yeah, well, that might be my Alexithivia, like, not giving a shit about the person, but the whole story itself. <laughs> yeah. You give a shit yeah. about me, right? 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 Huh? Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's <laughs> right? a different thing. That's a whole different thing. Yeah, Alexithymia is which where Alexa sends you some thymine if you're not careful when you say what you yeah. have. Oh. And the Japanese always use the thigh meat of the chicken. That is true. It's why? Because it's the most delicious part. It's not the only part of the chicken they use, but it is in karage chicken, and they know what they're doing. Um, so, I'm <laughs> sorry, I'm just, like, reminded of, like, this SNL thing, thing going back to SNL about, like, um, chicken tartare. And it's just like a random reference to like one skit from a million years ago. Like, oh, it's a fancy restaurant. They have chicken tartare. And it's like, what? Like, you can't. Okay, so, uh, you know, 
I probably would have thought differently of the film had I seen it before I saw The Ring and if I saw it in the dark and I wasn't talking the whole time with Nana sleeping next to us. Oh. So, I mean, maybe, who knows? So, and speaking of that, let's uh, let's get the ball rolling. So, we're going to watch a pretty special film. It's my choice. I'm, I get to make a choice. And I think that there's a certain dentist named Sarah listening to this podcast that is going to like this choice because, and maybe there's a certain doctor who's probably not listening to it, if I'm being honest, but it, Emily, uh, and it is Ripper Letters from Hell, which I got on DVD. So let me tell you about this amazing film that I watched my, I believe it was my freshman year in college. We broke into the theater and we watched this movie, not a movie theater, but the, the theater in my college, Oxford College of Emory University, hashtag OC. So Ripper, also known as Ripper Letter from Hell in the U.S., is a 2001 Canadian-British slasher film directed by John Ayers and starring A.J. Cook and Bruce Payne. Um, And John has sent me the trailer to want, if I want to watch it, but John's the one who's got to watch it later. So basically, this doesn't even give a synopsis what I'm looking at, but all heck breaks loose and it's really good. There's also Ripper 2, Letter from Within, which is also an amazing book. I didn't want to give stuff away. We're going to learn stuff. There's going to be stuff that happens. We're going to have, we're going to laugh. We're going to cry. We're going to have a good time. Right, John? Yeah, for sure. And guess what? Okay, we'll do the first few lines of the synopsis. Molly Keller narrowly avoids being murdered by a serial killer after managing to escape an island. Five years later, she takes a forensic psychology class taught by Marshall Kane, a world-renowned expert on deviant, violent offenders. Okay, during one lesson... This sounds a lot like the fear. Yes, so apparently, um, yeah, so that's how we're starting. It's a psychology class. You're my psychology major boy, uh, boy. my psychology major husband. I was about to say boyfriend, and I was going to go out wrong. Oh, it's Loki. Hi, buddy. Oh, he's so perfect. I miss him. Is he is he in my spot? Oh, he's no, in his normal spot. So some maniac has got the entire plot play by play on YouTube of on Wikipedia of this, which is fantastic because I'm here for that. I'm excited about watching this movie. I don't know how Emily got her hands on it in the first place. We watched it. It was a bonding moment and also ridiculous. And then we've watched it many times since then. Um, I'm looking forward to watching that movie with you. We're not going to watch the... I don't think we need to watch the preview for it because I'm 100% certain if it's okay. three and a half minutes long, it probably gives away the whole movie. Okay. I don't want to give away the whole movie. We're not going to do that. So uh, before we stop, uh, John, let's hear your Brewers Bruce. I, by the way, my Brewers Bruce was brewed up by my brother Stephen. He made us some coffee before this. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were Thai Thai. <laughs> and so we just had pod coffee, coffee pods from the Keurig. Pod coffee. I like that better. Yeah. Pod coffee. Pod coffee for podcasts. What's yeah. up? What you drinking, John? I've been drinking Elysian. Ooh. Many different kinds. Ooh. The whole IPA pack. Gross. So I'm gone oh, for a minute it's... and you've got all these IPAs. You're like, ha IPA time. Yeah, it was IPA time today. Okay. All from Elysian. And they're nice. all good. That's awesome. Well, was there one that was the best? Oh, I don't know. In the standouts? Um, probably the full contact, the Imperial Hazy IPA. Uh, the hazy, IPA probably hazy IPAs are like the only ones that 
I can do because the other ones are terrible. But one thing that I like is that uh, I like to mention is that John's favorite thing is a variety pack of beers. He likes oh, a good sure. variety pack, but he doesn't like that they're almost always IPAs. They don't usually, you know, it's hard to get good ones. I'm so jealous. Yeah, these he's, were all. He's petting my cat in front of me. These but, were all hazy IPAs, so it was a little better. Mm-hmm. Loki's like staring at you every time you don't pet him, and then I'm like, oh, pet him. He needs it, and then I'm like, you son of a bitch, you're petting my cat, and I want to. Um, what about uh, so Stephen was drinking coffee for me, Stephen? Uh, you are the gross, the grossest gross in this bunch of us right now. Um, uh, cause I'm part brewer now. So what is the grossest corner for you? What's the grossest thing that happened here? Oh man. Uh, other than the plot, let's <laughs> think. I would guess oh. in the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. Where that little kid, that, that girl was like, kind of just crammed into the yeah, closet. Yeah. It was like a blink and you miss it kind of thing. Yeah. That was a pretty. Really the only thing that scared, that, that was semi-scary. Yeah, like that again. That would be one that we might get a little bit of a gas from me if we were, if I wasn't like, yeah, talking the whole time. How about you, John? What's your grossest corner? You're part gross. I know exactly what it is. It's when they closed up on um, the ring lady's finger or where her fingernail should have been as oh, she's crawling out of the TV. Yeah, we're all mushy and wet. Yeah, I'm so glad For- you chose that because that was like that was my second choice. Because, the, like, yeah. they, they showed that she was alive when she was in the well because yes. her fingernails were in the well. But my yeah. first choice is definitely when, like, when Asako finds the corpse and, like, pulls the hair back and skin off of her face yeah. to reveal the skull, well, did, did and the you, skull is weeping in there. And that was pretty... I liked it. It was gross. I didn't think it was gross. I thought it was really sweet that it had, like, goo tears yeah, I like it's like you found me. Thank and you. The music, yeah, it was like such a beautiful. I, it's like a moment. beautiful like <laughs> con- contradiction. Surprise! She did like kiss it. You're coming around on this film now. Yeah. I'm not. I'm fact, I'm moving further away from it now. <laughs> oh no, that was a beautiful scene. Well, was it supposed to be? It went nowhere. <laughs> that is a snapshot of Japanese horror, though, is to have like a beautiful scene with a corpse. Yeah, I mean, I like that it was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Actually, it was that because I think, I think that the other corpses were a little. Well, I gotta say, in my mind, it's still very visual to me of the car, the of the scene of they did all this work of putting two corpses in a car or actors in a car as corpses, right. creepy faced and like stuff, and like and you're seeing a shaky cam from the bushes of a of another yeah. thing. By the way. Her friend that works with her at the newspaper never comes up yeah, again. Yeah, that's another but, thing. Yeah, but her job, sur- I'm yeah. surprised that he survived. Yeah, because we all pegged him to be... Oh, yeah, I uh, thought he was going to die. I think he dies in the American one, because the American ones were like, he definitely should have died. But um, anyway, so, uh, so but you're looking at this, and you see the woman's face all dead and creepy, but the guy's face is slightly in the background. You're kind of distracted because yeah. you realize her underpants are down. But you kind of look at that and you look up and it's like, there's like a creepy, the guy's eyes are super wide and scary and his hair is all spiky and his mouth is open, but you can almost see his mouth and you can't. And yeah. then it cuts him away immediately. And that was like, I thought that was good. That's what I thought the movie initially was going to be more like. I thought it was going to be this woman investigating this and inadvertently getting mixed up in it Yeah, and solving it by being a reporter and using her skills instead it was like 
One third of the movie, she was a reporter doing her job. Yeah. They drop everything. Yeah, because and it's her niece that dies from it. So I kind of wonder that, like, if it wasn't just the happenstance, then it would have been able to continue being about the niece. Yeah. Uh, or, I mean, not about the niece. It would have been continue being with her as the as the psychologist, but because it wasn't happenstance, because it was the niece, yeah. it kind of made like, it a little it was, bit too connected. It was almost two movies. Yeah. And it was two. Well, one was a, like, a, almost like a procedural... Uh, horror where like someone's figuring out what's going on you know then it turned into the MacGuffin word you know you know I really like the idea though of like a version of this where she is the busy business lady reporter and the boss wants her to do like the dog and poodle show like in Anchorman yeah and she wants to report on the news and so she's doing this and she gets like a ghost story and she's a no, you know, I would have yeah. liked to see something like that that kind of indicates, like, why is she doing the story in the first place? And maybe, like, the way you see her is that kind of fluffy news thing of, like, oh, well, tell me more about what happened. Yeah. And that would show, like, if you could see her face about how annoyed she was by that. Because we did see her as reporter lady when she was doing research, right? Yeah. But then she gets wrapped up in it. That would be interesting. But didn't do let me tell these famous Japanese filmmakers how to make their movies. Someone should have. And it make millions of dollars. But you know what? I got to say, though, I had a great time with you guys. Too cool, man. Yeah. I had a good time, too. You know what really drives me crazy, though? What really grinds my gears? What really gets my gourd <laughs> is when the rain came out. And you you weren't... If you were cool, you weren't supposed to like it. Oh, yeah. You were supposed to always say, like, the Japanese version was superior. Oh, my God. I have to admit, I like The Ring better than the American version. You know, it's one of the rare occasions where I've said that about a, an American remake. I've got to say though, like I think the what the American remake does, it's not a shot-for-shot shot remake. It remakes it for yeah. an American audience. So there's certain things that are changed. So it's like it becomes an American movie that has this beautiful Japanese influence. And usually it ends in disaster. Like there's been there's a lot of Example, like when the movie Wreck mm-hmm. got remade into Quarantine. Oh, yeah. Wreck is a superior movie in yeah. every way. Uh, you know, there's a few more examples of that, but like. Well, look, you can't have another train to Busan and like have that be like in American. Like, it would be really hard pressed for me to see sense. something that would make sense because the thing is, like, that movie is perfect. Train well, I mean, Busan's amazing. You couldn't make you it couldn't do that. for American because we wouldn't understand why the hell are all these people on the train for this. <laughs> but even if there was like a, they tried to make a version of it, you yeah, know, where it's like, yeah. let's take the idea of this. It's like, well, no, because it's already been made and it's been made perfectly. There's yeah. like nothing that you need to do to that movie. And so like, and in this case, I think that it might be like, so John likes Japanese horror. And so therefore he kind of likes this because it's for a Japanese audience. Yeah. And it and it does have components of it that are extend are kind of expand out to American audience. That's why it's so popular enough to be turned into an American movie. But what's interesting too is like I just saw a terrible foreign movie, like I mentioned at the beginning, La Duelle or whatever, and it's being made by Miramax or something into a Western version of the movie. And yeah. so, or not Western, an English version, English speaking version of the movie. I don't know if it's being made in America, the UK, or whatever. It's going to be artsy and it's still going to have a dead kid in it, so I'm not going to watch it. But what's interesting about that is, like, how are they going to change the movie now that it's not for a Belgian audience? Right. Is it going to look different? And if so, how is it going to look different? Or 
is it just going to be a lazy shot for shot remake where you just do the same thing in English, you know? Right, which won't work. Yeah. You know, like, it, you have to have, like, when you're moving, like, that's why they rarely work. You know, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sure there's, I'm sure someone's going to come up with a thousand examples of when they did. Yeah. Like, it's just, but, like, in my experience, though, especially when you're bringing, uh, Asian horror, like yeah. Korean horror or Japanese horror, and bringing it over here, the societies and cultures are too different. And I think that there's also this kind of push that, like, like we have to. One of the beautiful things about multiculturalism is understand is learning the difference between societies and between like cultures and between groups of people that appreciate things in different kinds of ways. And so there are people that just kind of like this because it kind of speaks to something in them. It does. And there's also stuff that, like, you know, I kind of accept that I'm, you know, an American from the American horror genre. and That the American horror genre is kind of my bread and butter of what I like. And, but I don't like, I know what I don't like. And I don't think I would say that I dislike this movie. I think that, like... I think I like the American one better just because it had the, a female lead that was a right. bit more emotive, but that's also because I'm American and we're a lot more expressive, you know? Yeah. And so I think that it's interesting to me, though, when you watch movies, and especially horror, because horror, it's independent usually, yeah. or if it isn't independent, it's low budget. Yeah. You know, very little horror is, high, is higher than $20 million. Usually um, the, the higher the budget, the worse the horror. Exactly, because yeah. it's not really... Because the whole thing about horror is that what are you spending that money on? Yeah, what are you spending that money on? Yeah. Because usually it's not very high-paid actors because they're new. And, like, yeah. a lot of people get their actor chomps on it. Like, what did we have? We had Kevin Bacon's first role was in... Tremors. Um, uh-huh. Was it Tremors? No, his first role was that when he was, like, 16 or something like that. And he was it's in... Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, yeah, Friday the 13th okay, he yeah. gets Johnny gutted. Depp Johnny Depp's first role was Nightmare on Elm Street. Exactly. Yeah. And so you get these, like, bit roles or whatever that become famous. But I think it's... A famous person would take away from the movie. I they guess. would, and sometimes it's interesting. Like they did well, that with um, with Scream, right? Like the yeah. famous person from and the movie gets killed immediately. Um, but do you know Jennifer Aniston's first role? What? Leprechaun. Le- the Leprechaun. Yeah, <laughs> old man. But yeah, you know <laughs> the thing is, like, you look at these things. They're low budget, and they're they're signs of the times that they're made in. And what was really fascinating about this? We talked about how kind of timeless. Japanese horror is in the sense that this one could have been in 1998 it came out it couldn't come out in 2021 well, it could have come out in tw- not, like right? 1970 yeah but that's most Japanese media I think it's just the way that they it's the like, kind of all horror you know any, all the good horror is timeless because it, it really Hellraiser is yeah. a great example of that I don't know if you ever watched Hellraiser I can't well but, I think that I watched it with you but I probably blocked it out Hellraiser is it's, it was filmed in London it was meant to be you know a, an English movie but it but they got dubbed over in English yeah. and American but it takes place basically in a house and it's removed from all reality yeah and the outside world doesn't matter yeah. So you can take that movie and you can plop it into any other than like the. Te- well, I reminded you. Yeah. I told you earlier. The only thing that really changes in your living room is the technology. Mm-hmm. Couches always are all the same. You may swap the couch out. Yeah. But it'll still be a couch. A chair. Yeah, it's still, still kind of like. Yeah, and so one of the things that I found really interesting, going back to like the idea of, like, so what horror is and the higher budget, the worst. Like Nicole Kidman, 
when she was more at the height of her career, oh, right? The others was in the others, yeah. and that one got panned a little. But the thing Fantastic is, like, movie. it's good. Really but the good. thing is, like, people really wanted to hate it because it had her in it. Yeah. But she's been in some other movies that have been just phenomenal that are of the thriller variety. That I mean, I guess like. I talk about, I've talked about on this podcast a lot about my own, like, eh, I don't want to like this because the blah, 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 yeah. being kind of like uppity about certain things. Like I was uppity about the Freddy movies and the Jason, well, <laughs> I, Friday, Freddy, I wasn't uppity about, I didn't want to see it because I was scared. Yeah. I was scaredy pants and I was clear about that. But with the Jason movies, Jason X, it's in space, that's stupid. Jason X is one of my favorite movies now. It's so good. It is so yeah. good. You just gotta just make yourself not care. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think that there's so much of like growing up, and I don't know if this is like being a teenager, which part of it, but also like when we were growing up in that time period in American douchiness of like you have to be exceptional and i think it's still the case like i see people on facebook all the time complaining about a movie because it's not doing something new and it's like it's it's 2021 we've had like six thousand years of plays yeah. going on in this world so the fact that like a plot is got like a, a man or a woman that need to get something so that they can be happy but then they realize happiness was the love they found along the way yeah that's what stories are yeah, and this it's is always like, gonna be that way <laughs> yeah and it's always gonna be this way and in a horror film like i think the others was an excellent thing and that actually that movie got me on a deep dive about the um the dead photography and i would just like research oh, yeah, it because yeah, i yeah. became super fascinated with the pictures of dead people made it look alive but um it, it was so good. Topic. But how many people didn't get to watch that because they were so uppity about... Well, it's also like the horror community is a closed niche society. Yeah. Kind of like the metal community is, yeah. hip-hop. So anytime, like, so when you see a A-list a actress or mm -hmm. actor go into your world, yeah. it's like when uh, that guy Machine Gun Kelly yeah. decided to make rock. Yeah. I never listened to any of it. But uh, like people, do, but, you know, but Post Malone did a song with Ozzy. That's when the shit hit the fan. Yeah, but like, so that's an outsider in your world. Yeah, and um, and I don't care what anybody says. That I like that Ozzy song. Well, it's kind of like <laughs> I like anything Ozzy does. This <laughs> there's this. There's this end of like of the symposium, which is a Platonic play. And this is probably we probably need in the po podcast on Plato. It's like once I start talking about Plato, once it's time again. for that. But. <laughs> At the end of this pod, of the of the of the symposium of Platonic dialogue, that's composed of a bunch of speeches. We hear about a speech or conversation that we don't really get to hear because the narrator was so drunk he fell asleep under a table, and he kind of groggily wakes up, half wakes up, and he's hearing this, like the debates going in and out, and it's Socrates arguing that comedy is the same as tragedy, and that the comedians should write tragic plays. And that the tragedian should write comedic plays. And I think about that a lot when it comes to someone like uh, Simon Pegg and, and Nick Frost when they write something like Shaun of the Dead, where it's like a comedy, right. but it's a fantastic horror. Or when I think about think Jordan Peele. Huh? Edgar Wright, sorry, yeah. Um, but um, Jordan Peele, who's like, turns out that, you know, really funny guy, comedic genius, or whatever, yeah. amazing at horror. Yeah. Like, so good. And so it's just amazing to me how seeing, like, this overlap where if we want to put ourselves in holes or put people in little pegging, pe pegging, pegging people into particular holes or yeah. whatever, 
God, I need to stop that. But You're putting really people racist. in particular boxes. Really yeah. Putting people into particular boxes because this is what they do and like not a kind of allowing for there to be something more than that. Well, I think that we need to just be all open for new things, guys. Well, I think well, that's why people hated Cable Guy, the Jim Carrey movie. I remember that. So I remember people. It's one of the that best movie. movies that have ever yeah. been put out, and I got so much hate because he wasn't over the top. He was overacting funny. I thought he was still pretty funny. Like, it is it's, so darkly funny. It's darkly okay. funny. It's pretty funny though. Well, I think especially yeah. if you're going into a. A subgenre of anything, yeah, that has been traditionally maligned. Yes, like is you know looked down upon, and it's not really art. It's not really this. Well, you get super hypersensitive about anybody that tries to come in and change it or do it better because you look at that person as the person that has been maligning it. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't think anybody really. Knocked on Jordan Peele for yeah. doing, uh, I think, Get Out and Us, right? I like Get Out. I kind of liked Us. But I, Get I, Out was, Us was a little bit more Get Out was phenomenal. Think, but Us was kind of weird, and I kind of liked it too, but it was yeah. also kind of like, okay, this it, is an interesting... That one was a little bit harder to explain. Yeah, I like that there was a clear explanation of what was going on, and in myself, like... This absurdist horror was yeah. a little bit too far for my old brain, yeah. but I, I like, haven't. What seen are this... they like? Are they like tunnel people? Like the entire I, I was like, like it doesn't. What the what hell is this representative? They... And it's hands across America with a ton like, of people. Are they part like? How is this? But you know. Yeah, but one of them's not originally. But he a tunnel shot person. his shot, and he still made a good movie. Yeah. It's just like it was a little bit more uh, out there as far as the plot goes. But you know, you know I think fine, about. Man. You know, think about how many shitty movies exist that we don't think about. It's like the same thing in music. When people are like, oh, the music in the 70s was so good. It's like what famous people yeah, say. Yeah, people it's like, say that about the 90s. But in the 90s was so good. But it's like, do you know how much shit came out in the 90s? Yeah. And you know, like, it's 10 great albums that came out. I mean, there's more than 10. But it's like, you were thinking about the same 10 great artists, but there were thousands. Yeah. And it was all over the radio. So, like, people don't remember... All the crap that they listen yeah, to. They also forget that Blur and Lit came out. Yeah, and they they <laughs> compare what is like middle of the road stuff. Yeah. Or even strange middle of the road stuff or good stuff or bad stuff. They compare it to the best of the best from that decade instead of thinking about like, oh, this is interesting what's going on here. Instead of enjoying something, it's always got to be like... But it's also uh, even harder now to do it because... Haters uh, got to hate. Well, the music industry itself has become... Yeah decentralized oh yeah uh well record labels aren't putting there's a lot more self-promotion there's a lot more indie labels because yeah. the technology has gotten to the point now where you can record in your in your office you yeah can, uh like us right now yeah in Anna's house but like so now when you're saying like the music that i grew up on obviously was the 90s music but like i can't really come out and say you know this is objectively better than this because music today is Pick your poison. Well, and I also think that the idea of there being an objectivity when it comes to something like music or things that we like in art. You know, like, I watch a terrible movie sometimes and I'm like, you know, someone loves this. This is someone's favorite. Like, you think about The Room and how much joy that terrible movie has brought into people's lives. (sighs) And it's so bad, but people love it. I'm not one of those people. I'm not... I've never liked watching a bad movie because it's bad. I 
don't it always makes me feel insulted yeah like because like it is from the most part for most movies like you know i even set through this as long as i know that they're trying like there yeah. is an effort and there i'm not being treated as an idiot yeah I will go along with it, and I'll watch it to the end. I may not like it all the way, but I, you know, I'll try to cherry pick and find. Yeah, movies like The Room, uh, Goblin. Oh, 2, see, that's a uh, Goblin Three, I yeah, think, right, John? Things like that. I don't Goblin like two. Goblin Two. So John and I are very different from you because John and I are into that. Really? Aren't we, John? Yeah. Yeah, we kind of like the absurdist nonsense, but like it's, and that's okay because the thing is like. There's probably there's lots of things that you like that I don't, yeah. right? Because you were talking a lot about football earlier today, and I was smiling and like, oh hi, Alabama. But I was not talking about it to you. No, that's true. <laughs> and was... we weren't trying to like control each other's what people like. No. And it doesn't have to be like, well, you like this thing, and I don't see a reason. And I was just kind of biding my time until I could tell John that football's terrible, and I wish there was cats to cuddle tonight. That's yeah, I don't. Uh, football's terrible, and I have cats to cuddle. So oh, football's great, and I got Hockey's cats great. to cuddle. Well, on that note, <laughs> on that note, I think that as the official podcast of the Savannah Ghost Pirates, we would like to welcome. Oh, I would love that new new team to uh, to Savannah, Georgia. I got a couple magnets for John's car and for the Where's refrigerator. The Ghost Pirates. It's the new hockey team in Savannah. We it's have a new, hockey team? It's a minor league team. What's, yep. the, what's the division called, John? ELCA? ECHL. ECHL. hockey rink at? They're building it out near the Martin yeah, Luther King Jr. Boulevard. It's like too. north of Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard where there was just scrubland and old factories and really? projects. Well, I know that's yeah, it looks there. beautiful. <laughs> like, well, now wow. there's like a beautiful arena. Oh, they're gonna gentrify the hell out of that. Arena. Oh yeah, I don't know where those people of... are gonna go live. Oh. I don't know. I, I don't know how much of that is. Some of those projects got moved already, like years ago. So I don't know if people were living over there. Oh okay. Because some of that stuff was just think... abandoned factories and nothing. Jeez. It was like I think, yeah, I think it was vacant. They said when they started building on it. Um. So it was vacant when they started building on it. Well, that's the good question if there's a market for hockey in Savannah. They certainly want there to be, but it's um you need to have these teams. It's like minor league baseball. You have to have the minor leagues. Well, nobody thought there'd be a huge market for soccer in Atlanta and they're like they sell out every game. Oh really? So, yeah, that's they're, awesome. They're also really good. Yeah, well that's the thing <laughs> about like minor leagues are fun because they the activity online, Savannah's doing really well. For their hockey team. Yeah, there's been a lot of activity, a lot of scuttlebutt, and at the Inmarks were all giving away magnets that can go on your car. And the thing is, like, the Savannah Ghost Pirate logo is really cute. It's like, it's kind of like the Savannah Bananas, but a ghost. You know, the Savannah Bananas is the minor league team that's here. They hit 2.4 thousand followers on their Facebook page already. Yeah, but what's going to happen? This once? is the, this is the, the logo. Oh. Isn't that adorable? But that's like, a ghost pirate. The, the scuttlebutt on it's going to be great because it's a thing that's in the future. Yeah. But what happens? Will it wind up like what? What happened? It was the Atlanta Thrashers, right? Yeah, it's the Atlanta Thrashers. But apparently, John says that they had very bad management or something. Like, I don't yeah, know. I think they were a horrible team. Oh, they're a horrible team. That's like the knock on Atlanta: is if your team's bad, your attendance is garbage. Yeah. That's so knock on most. They're very markets. fair weather fans for sports. Well, oh most, yeah, most markets though are kind of like. They're also that. fair weather Not when you lucky. take the the entire stadium and take it outside of Atlanta. 
And they're like, why don't people want to come over here anymore? Yeah. The North for hockey was not used to that. Yeah. Well, they're finding okay. that out in Arizona, too. They had great attendance until the team sucked. And they're like, what's going on? Toronto is always garbage. And they sell out every night, every game. <laughs> okay, so we have to stop this. It's 1140 at night. Steven's bedtime oh, yeah. was three hours ago. It is. I have to be up before six. I'm also so, okay. going to go home and play Witcher 3. Oh, my God. Steve, have you played it before? <laughs> oh, yeah. So I have just started a new game on the PlayStation 5. Oh, did you? And John got me a surround sound system in the living room. He said he wants to surround me with sound. Um, and it's got, like, the thing where it's, like, atmospheric. What's yeah. it called, John? Oh, the subwoofer on the bottom. Is a subwoofer? And surround. Yeah. It's got, like, isn't it, like, 4K surround or something? It's Dolby 5.1 Dolby Atmos. Okay. Like the highest yeah. level. Yeah. So basically, like I am, t- like it is very frustrating to watch things where I can't hear. Right. And so it's like I can actually hear for the first time movies cool. and stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is what hearing things is like. We have a Roku soundbar for our bedroom, which is working. It was working okay. Did you fix it, John? Again? I plugged it back in and I started working for this whole movie, so I don't know what the hell's going on. It's been doing this thing where it makes very scary sounds because cats keep jumping. It's either a bad wire or a bad plug in the TV. Oh, man. I hope it's not the TV. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, I think there's just two. Okay. So thank you to Stephen Gross, my brother. Thank you to Stephen Gross for being our wonderful guest expert and uh, (laughs) and movie viewer and brother, best brother, uh, oldest brother. Um, and thank you to, well, I don't have to thank you, John, because we're part of this together. Uh, but John, I think there's just two things left to do. Uh, stay scared. And stay married. Goodbye. But. <laughs> Hi there. Trish here. John and I are so glad you decided to listen to this episode. To contact us, please email up to and including death at gmail.com or hit us up on our socials, up to and ID at just about everywhere Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and that's up to and ID, and that too is the number two. If you have a moment, it'd be great if you can review us on iTunes as long as it's five stars. <laughs> Thank you to Stefan Kartenberg for the use of his song Fire and Ice in the intro and outro in the middle of our program. Uh, Fire and Ice is a rock mix by Stephen, Stephen Kartenberg, copyright 2017, licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. Thank you. Goodbye.